The most important part of my morning routine beyond any shadow of a doubt is breathwork. I decided to write a free three-day breathwork guide and host a three-day breathwork challenge absolutely free. Go to theultimatehuman.com, theultimatehuman.com, download the free breathwork guide and join me for a three-day breathwork challenge. It's completely free. I will see you guys there. Hey guys, welcome back to the Ultimate Human Podcast Shorts, where we go down the road of everything anti-aging, biohacking, longevity, and everything in between. Remember, these shorts are really designed to be 20 minutes or less and give you a solid overview of a practical topic and tips that you can take away from this short and put to work in your life to permanently change the trajectory of your life. And I started a series on the three things that I think every human being should go about getting permanently out of their life. And today I wanna to talk about one of the things that I think we should all try to limit or permanently remove from our lives. And I wanna talk about tap water. And it's not just tap water that I wanna talk about, but I wanna talk about a specific neurotoxin that's infused into our tap water called fluoride. I wanna give you a little background on fluoride, dispel some of the myths about fluoride, and even give you the scientific research. What does the evidence-based research say about the presence of fluoride in our drinking water? And this is not designed to scare you. This is designed to just heighten your awareness of some of the ways that we can take small decisions and have a permanent change in the trajectory of our life. And one of them is by getting tap water permanently out of our life. And I think by the end of this podcast, you're going to have enough information to make an informed decision on your own. But we all know that fluoride has been added to our drinking water for decades. But the research now is finally catching up to the reality of the impact of fluoride on the developmental cycle of our children, all the way from being a fetus in the womb to a small child, to an adolescent, to a teenager, to their entire prepubescent years. And so Fluoride, I get a lot of pushback about talking about fluoride because fluoride does occur naturally in nature. Yes, it, fluoride is found in rocks, it's found in our soil, it's found in trace amounts in our ocean water, it's also found in very small trace amounts in rivers and streams. So it does occur naturally in nature, but it occurs in nature in extraordinarily low amounts. And so rocks, rivers, oceans, um, even our air contains very, very, very trace amounts of fluoride. But along comes the Industrial Revolution. And during the Industrial Revolution, we start to produce large amounts of aluminum, we start to produce large amounts of iron ore, and a byproduct of these um, industries is something called fluorosilicic acid. And fluorosilicic acid is a major byproduct of phosphate fertilizer production. Yes, we produce commercial fertilizers and we discard a waste product called fluorosilic acid. Um, fluorosilicic acid, <laughs> um, that's a tongue twister, fluorosilicic acid. Well, we, disco we discard this fluorosilicic acid because we, we became to understand that if we kept this in the production of fertilizers, that it would actually kill the seed and harm the plants that we were using this um, fertilizer to, to fertilize. So you think that, first of all, we just start with the premise that we are using a discarded waste product from the commercial production of fertilizer called fluorosilicic acid. And we're taking that fluorosilicic acid and we are now injecting it into our water supply under the guise that this is going to prevent tooth decay. 
And I'm going to get to that in a minute. But we also use fluoro salicylic acid um, in metal sterilization, in electroplating, in glass etching. We actually use it to tan animal hides in addition to putting it in our drinking water. So let's just take a step back and look at the progression of some of the really good peer-reviewed published clinical research on fluoride and its impact on young children and possibly also on the developmental centers of the brain in adults. And I'll allow you to make an educated decision. So in July of 2012, uh, the Environmental Health Perspectives Journal uh, published a study by the Harvard Uni University School of Health. And essentially in this study, they, they combined 27 existing studies that had been conducted looking at the health effects of whether fluoride in the drinking water was toxic to the development of the human brain. These 27 studies concluded that the risk should not be ignored and that immediate and further research was warranted. And so shortly thereafter, about two years later, um, Philippe Grandjean, also from the Harvard um, School of Public Health, uh, he did a follow-up study and published this in uh, February of 2015. The study was completed in December of 20, 2014. And he looked at the association of lifetime exposure to fluoride and the cognitive function or the impact on cognitive function in children. And this pilot study was published online um, in the February 2015 issue of Neurotoxicology and Teratology. I'm also gonna put a link to this study um, below. But you see that as time progressed, we went from a concern to some evidence that there was a neurotoxicity to this fluoride that could impact the developmental cycle of young children to finally now fast forwarding to around March, um, April of 2022, last year. And at this time, there was a summary study done by the National, National Toxicology uh, Program. And in this summary study, they found that in 52 of 55 studies that the National Toxicology Program looked at, they found decreases in child IQ with increases in fluoride. And what they did was they looked at different municipalities around the states. There, there, there are still some municipalities, don't quote me on this, but by memory, there's some in Honolulu, Hawaii, uh, Portland, Oregon, and I think Wichita, where they do not fluoride inject the water. They do not actually put fluoride into the water system. So there are some municipalities where you can get a baseline, and then we use that baseline to look at municipalities that have different levels of fluoride in their water and what it did to the general population IQ. And in 52 of 55 studies, they found an inverse relationship between the amount of fluoride in the water and a decrease in IQ. Fun fact, um, if the population average IQ were to decrease by a, a mere five points, it would double the number of people in the United States that would be classified as intellectually disabled. So a five point drop in the average IQ in the population of America would double the number of people classified as intellectually disabled. That is a massive, massive impact on humanity. Hey guys, if you've been watching the Ultimate Human Podcast for any length of time, you know that one thing I do not do is push products. I do not just let any advertiser into this space because I believe that the products that appear on the Ultimate Human Podcast should be things that I use every day in my life to improve my own physiology. One of them is something called the Echo Go Plus. The Echo Go Plus is a hydrogen water generator that you can take on the go. You essentially take the top off of this bottle, you pour 
bottled water in this and repeatedly it will make high part per million hydrogen water. You press this little button, you'll see these bubbles going up in the water. That's hydrogen being created in the water. There are all kinds of peer-reviewed published clinical studies on the benefits of hydrogen water, including reduced inflammation, better absorption of your supplements, better absorption of your foods, better balance of the stomach acid, and it feeds an entire class of bacteria in your gut. Hydrogen water, in my opinion, is the most beneficial water that you can drink, and now you can take it wherever you go. You can go to echo, E-C-H-O, H2O.com. That's echo, E-C-H-O, H2O.com. Enter the code ultimate10 for a discount. Echo H2O, enter the code ultimate10 for a discount. Most of us have a very difficult time meeting our protein needs and certain protein sources like whey protein and others can be as little as 20% absorbable. This is 99% absorbable and it has all of the essential amino acids that the body needs to build lean muscle, to recover, to improve our exercise performance, and most importantly, to repair after we have intense exercise. So this is called Perfect Amino by Body Health. It's like I said, 99% absorbable. It only has two calories. Eventually the caloric intake has virtually no caloric intake. It will not break a fast. It tastes amazing. You mix it in water. I take this literally every single morning. If you're working out in a fasted state, you have to take a full spectrum amino acid prior to your workout to preserve your lean muscle and make sure that you're recovering properly. And again, it will not break your fast. So the caloric impact is virtually zero. You get all of the full spectrum amino acids. It tastes wonderful. I use it every single day. You can go to bodyhealth.com forward slash ultimate. That's bodyhealth.com forward slash ultimate and look for the perfect aminos. They actually come in capsules if you're on the go or it becomes in several flavors that they make in a powder, which I love. It's flavored with natural um, uh, means of flavoring. So there's no artificial sweeteners in here. So this is one of my absolute favorite products. Give it a try. If you're working out at all, you need a full spectrum amino acid. Go to bodyhealth.com forward slash ultimate. That's bodyhealth.com forward slash ultimate. I love their lab tested products. You can actually see the absorption rate for all of their products. They've got great electrolyte protein combinations. My favorite is the perfect aminos. Bodyhealth.com forward slash ultimate. And now back to the ultimate human podcast. And this brings up the whole notion that I talk all, a lot about, about um, the difference between single dose toxicity and cumulative dose toxicity. Remember, there are lots of safe levels of compounds in the United States that we are allowed to put into our body, micro poisons, if you will. And if that small toxic dose is not enough to cause harm, well, then we consider it a safe level. But remember that a lot of European countries and foreign countries use something called cumulative dose toxicity because rarely is it the single dose that causes the harm. It's the accumulation of dosages over time. And so if you look at mercury poisoning, nobody ever got mercury poisoning from eating one piece of tuna fish. They got mercury poisoning from eating heavy mercury-laden tuna fish time and time and time again until that toxic metal, heavy metal in this case, built up in their in their bodies and began to have a physiologic effect. So when we talk about single dose toxicity versus cumulative dose toxicity, just know that the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, has safe levels of mercury. They, they give guidelines for safe levels of arsenic. They give guidelines for safe levels of glyphosate, a pesticide. 
that we use to spray crops. In fact, um, this glyphosate that we use to spray the crops is the main reason why um, most foods are genetically modified. They're not genetically modified to increase yield or to increase nutritional content. They are genetically modified so that this poison, glyphosate, this insecticide, also found in Roundup, uh, doesn't actually kill the seed. But according to the Environmental Protection Agency, you know, 5.8 micrograms of mercury per liter is safe. Um, 0.01 milligrams per liter of arsenic is safe to give to the public. And glyphosate, as little as 0.1, but all the way up to 400 parts per million are deemed safe in single doses. But the question that we want to examine is, what is the impact of multiple safe doses over time? And this is where the research on fluoride seems to be pointing all in the right direction. Between 2012, 2014, 2015, and now 2022, we have sound clinical evidence that this is causing a significant drop in the IQ of developing children. And it's interesting to note that according to the Fluoride Action Network, um, this information was actually withheld. It was systematically concealed, um, to using their words, um, by the government and by government officials until a court order and a subpoena re you know, required its release. So we actually didn't get this report until uh, May of 2023, even though it was completed in May of 2022. Um, when we look at some of the other ancillary evidence um, on, on fluoride, you can see that the International Journal of, of um, Pharmaceutical Sciences and Research, um, um, this is a statement that they gave on fluoride after looking at several clinical studies on fluoride, they said fluoride is now known to cross the blood-brain barrier um, and to directly enter brain tissue. It interferes with the normal metabolic process of the brain. It generates free radicals. It causes various toxic effects therein, meaning in the brain. Fluoride's also been found to be linked to various, various pathogenic conditions of the brain as well, and they go on to list some of those. And it's also um, crosses the placental barrier and reaches the fetal brain. So pregnant women, um, nursing mothers, um, moms and dads of, of infants and adolescents, children and prepubescent teens. This is especially when their brains are vulnerable to this neurotoxic chemical um, fluoride. In fact, if you walk to your bathroom right now and you're using a fluoride-laden toothpaste, if you turn that toothpaste around and you read the warning label on that toothpaste, as required by the FDA, a fluoride-laden toothpaste will have this warning on it. It will say, keep out of reach of children under six years of age, and if more than used for brushing is accidentally swallowed, get medical help or contact poison control immediately. Just go to your bathroom if you've got fluoride toothpaste and um, look at that warning label and then just ask yourself, if they give us a warning label on fluoride-laden toothpaste that says we should call poison control for swallowing that toothpaste, then why shouldn't we call poison control when we're drinking eight ounces of tap water five or six times per day or six eight ounce glasses of water um, per day? So my suggestion is that, um, you know, you don't panic, but you look for a water filtration system, preferably something called reverse osmosis. That's what I use. Um, you look for a water filtration system that at a minimum will get the chlorine and the fluoride out of your water. Usually when a filtration system is getting down to the small enough micron 
to get fluoride and chlorine out of your water, you're also gonna get the benefit of grabbing some of the microplastics, even some of the pharmaceuticals, some of the metals that are in that water, and you're gonna strip those out of the tap water. You can always add minerals to your water after it's been reverse osmosis filtered. I'll tell you the minerals that I add to my water, but there are tons of great companies out there that make electrolyte supplements or mineral um, supplements that you can add to water. Celtic salt is a very cheap way to get minerals and sodium into your water after it's been reverse osmosis filtered. But I use a reverse osmosis filter in my home, and then I take the water after it goes through a reverse osmosis filter, and then I personally add hydrogen because I believe hydrogenated water is the best water that you can put into the human body. But every CVS, every Walgreens, every grocery store I've ever been in the last year, year and a half, they all have fluoride-free toothpaste um, that don't contain this neurotoxic chemical. So I hope you found this video helpful. It wasn't meant to scare you, but I think if we just make these small decisions in our life to take the distance between what we eat and drink and, and narrow that distance between Mother Nature and our bodies, and we start filtering things before they get into our bodies rather than allowing our bodies to be the filter, we are taking one giant leap towards a state of optimal health. I hope you found this podcast helpful. And as always, I hope this encourages you to get fluoride out of your drinking water and also out of your toothpaste. If you're interested in using the Echo water filtration system that I use, four-stage reverse osmosis and hydrogen, I will put a link to that below. And as always, that's just science. If you haven't had a chance to connect with me on theultimatehuman.com, head over there now and sign up for my free newsletter and all of the exclusive content.